Hello everyone, this is Donovan LaCroxy. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Hip Hop, Let's Talk R&B, Let's Talk What's Going On in the Community, and debuting with me, I've got R&B artist, well actually, he's a recording artist, sorry, Ray Sean, formerly known as Ray Sean Music. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? It's Ray Sean here. Uh, yeah, man, uh, hip hop artist, R&B artist, recording artist, performer, you name it. You do everything, eh? You do everything. So that's why I had to I had to check myself, Rayshad. Rayshad was gonna check me saying, Listen, I do Donovan everything. had a whole list. He was checking all the boxes there, eh? <laughs> all right, all right. So you're debuting on this show for the first time. Do you wanna tell us who you are, where you're from, in case listeners don't know who you are? Yeah, so I'm Rayshawn. I'm a Toronto hip hop artist, producer, performer. I write, produce and make music. Um Pretty much my genre, I would say, is hip-hop, rap, uh, Caribbean, Afro beat style. Also do the melodic style music as well. Um, yeah, I am from Toronto, born and raised, right? And yeah, man, I just I just love music and I want to get that story out and, and do my part as an artist in the city. Mm-hmm. And the city, okay. So the city you live in, right? You made the magazine. Well, you didn't make the magazine cover. I wish you would have made the magazine cover. Wouldn't that be interesting, Rachel? <laughs> is is there even a Toronto Mississauga magazine? That would yeah. be pretty cool. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But you were rated number six in the upcoming talent. Do you want to explain to our listeners about the magazine article that you made? Yeah, for sure. So... Let me back up, I guess, a bit. So back in uh, June, RBC Music, or RBC X Music as they go by, it's a division of RBC that supports emerging artists, right? So what happened in this sense was they had applications out, and they wanted every Canadian artist who, you know, was worth their salt to kind of apply, and then they would select who they thought were the breakthrough artists of 2020. So I applied, and guess what? I, I was selected as one of the, I believe it was 100 at the time. It was the first round. And from that, Narcity uh, narrowed it down to a list of 10, for which I was number six on, right? So you ought to be happy about that, right? <laughs> I am very happy. Congratulations. You know what I would have wished, Rayshawn? I really wish it was number two or number three. I really wish, or number one. Hey, <laughs> who well, was number we're fighting, one? We're who fighting was... to come up to number one. <laughs> what, do you know who was number one? Which artist? Or you don't know the artist? I can't recall off the top, but uh, yeah, you know, everyone on the list is pretty, pretty decent. Everyone's working hard. It's not just about the music; it's about the whole brand and 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 hustle, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so mm -hmm. you got to be happy about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you do many. Okay, as I said, and as I was introducing you. You do many different types of styles, right? We got our R&B, we got our Afrobeat, and Rayshawn and me, you know, we're both West Indian background. But what happens if people want to just box you in and say, no, you can only do hip hop, or no, you can only do Afrobeat, or no, you can only do soca, or you can only do dancehall? What's your response to that? Well, my response to that would be, why? Why can I only do dance hall why can i only do afrobeat why can i only do hip-hop especially in today's day and age all it takes is any consumer or listener to pop open spotify and see that artists are versatile now and you don't have to be boxed in one lane i'm an independent artist i work 
with people on labels. I've spoken with labels as well, the big ones and whatnot. It's not the case anymore where an artist has to be boxed in. Even if you look at me originally, right? I started off with more of a, a rap style, then I evolved more into a melodic type of hip hop, more like the Toronto sound. And then from there evolved into Afro beats. But that doesn't mean that I have to stay in that lane. It's more, I'm an artist, whatever I'm feeling, you know, in the month or the day or in the moment, I'm going to express. And the overall encompassing genre would be hip hop. And you can, you, I well, personally, I like to explore every avenue that I can. And you can see, based on the beats I produce and the beats I hop on and everything, all the tracks, they're different. They all have a different essence. So if you want to get the full picture, there's no need to be boxed in. And especially in 2020 plus, right? It's it's a whole new world of music. So there's no need for that. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. Who were inspirations? Like who were you inspired by? Were you inspired by, let's say, Beanie Man? Were you inspired by Elephant Man? Or let's say the hip hop. Were you inspired by the Nas? Were you inspired by the Tupac? Were you inspired by the Drake? Yeah, so I'd say to start it off, the first um the first hip hop inspiration would have come from Eminem. I remember listening to Eminem as a as a youth, right? <laughs> and that's what got me into it. I'm like, Oh, this is kinda cool. I like this type of music. I'd say even at age seven or eight, and then I started performing Eminem on uh at school talent shows which they weren't too happy about but <laughs> it was what i wanted to do so i was performing eminem at age 10 on stage right and then from there i got into the you know the d12s the g unit the 50 cent the straight gangster rap and then that emerged as as music evolved so did my taste right then you know drake hit the scene and then after drake was oh j cole hit the scene with the lyrical type of of music and then from there, even to today, I'd say uh, it just bounces around. But Eminem was a cornerstone. Kanye West was a cornerstone, especially with his early like college. What was it? College dropout album. College dropout. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, his his original music there was it was crazy. So from Eminem to Kanye West to Drake's to J Cole's to you name it. And then on the other side, like you, you grow up in a Caribbean household, we're yep. Guyanese, right? So you know that you're listening to the Sean Paul, mm -hmm. you're listening to the Beanie Man, you're listening to all of that, you're listening to the Vibes Cartel when you're out at parties. Mm -hmm. So then you start like expanding your brain with different types of genres and, and feeling, uh, I guess, you wanting to mar marry the two, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay if you want to marry the two, right? And I like yeah. you said earlier, it's going to have to work because they're merging, they're branching, you know, look at, you know, their Afrobeat is merging with hip hop, dancehall merging with hip hop, but the vibe's got to feel right. So, Rayshon, if you had like, let's say, a dancehall single, Eminem couldn't be on it. You know that. Well, I don't know. Like, I can you imagine what that would sound like? Well, <laughs> he's got to be able to relate to it, and I don't mean that because he's white, he can't relate to it. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Rayshon and I kind of know they have to feel it. Like he's not gonna just throw Megan the Stallion on. What do you call it? A dance hall single. You know what I'm saying? Or a song? No. Yeah, single. you have to pick the art. It's like it's picking your team, right? You gotta pick the best team member for that track 
track being game, right? right. You pick the best team member for the game. You pick the best artist for the track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but you could throw Nicki Minaj or Cardi B on it. They can well for sure because Cardi has the whole Dominican vibe, right? So it's yes. very similar to yes. to the Caribbean culture. And then Nicki is Trini, so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And they understand. It comes back to authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. As you said. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, okay, but then somebody could clap back and say, well, how come Drake can get on all these dance hall songs? So what are your thoughts to that? And Drake is not a Caribbean background. Well, as I said, I don't, it's not that you can't get on it if you're not from the background. I don't, I don't say that at all. I'm open I want everybody to do whatever music feels right to you. You don't have to be from that culture in my eyes. If the music resonates with you and you enjoy it, go for it. In the case of Drake, right, I'd say he grew up in Toronto. You grew up in Toronto. I grew up in the city, the GTA Toronto as well, right? So you know and I know very well growing up how many cultures we're exposed to that we take for granted. We don't even understand that growing up in elementary school and high school, you have kids of all different backgrounds you have your arabs filipinos you have your jamaicans you have your guyanese you have your portuguese your italians you have everybody right go to the states it's not like that go to even go out west in canada it's not like that right in certain areas it's we take that for granted and coming up in that there's so much multiculturalism multiculturalism that is shared and then we just take on as part of our own identity, right? So that's what happened in the case of Drake. So of course he's going to want to express that in his music. Of course other artists from the city are going to want to express that in their music, like Ram Riddles. He's Egyptian, and he makes some fire Afrobeat dancehall kind of tracks as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he just said it perfectly. So listeners who are American, that's the answer right there. When you're exposed and you grow up around a lot of cultures, I grew up around a lot of cultures because it just wasn't black. I had my black, I had my white, I had my Chinese, I had my odd Pakistani, and I had everybody. And I think it's good to grow up because your music styles and your taste opens up too. I know this show, it's like, let's talk hip-hop, R&B. I do listen to that, but I also listen to other music. I don't broadcast it, but, you know, I'll play, you know, like a pop song once in a while. So it's good to, would you be open though, Rayshon, to do like pop music though too, or no? Well, of course. I'd even say that going back, some of my music crosses into the pop genre even hip-hop today is considered a pop genre i think it's the most listened to genre in the world right so if that's not pop what is mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sense so well, of course i would and like mm-hmm. if you listen to the ariana grandes and you listen to the dua lipas mm-hmm. they make some fire music right so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. well yeah i do see what you're <clears throat> saying though too but then you've got your real urban hip-hop and then you got your what do you call your hip-hop that's just you know, for certain, like you said, the audience has to be able to relate to it, right? So, for example, Rayshawn wouldn't throw money bag, yo. Well, unless, what do you call it? <laughs> I don't even know if Rayshawn... You know, that. like, I'm open to anybody. <laughs> I have, uh, I am open to collabing with any artist if I feel the vibe. I'm never going to say, oh, that you're too, you're too hip-hop, hip-hop, or too rap, rap for me, or you're too pop, pop for me. No, I'm not like that. I'm open to anything mm-hmm. as long as the vibe fits mm-hmm. what I'm feeling in the moment, right? Why box yourself in creatively? 
Right, right, right. It's hard, but the but Rayshon, the music industry does it right. They box you in. They say, well, you know, we don't want to market you too much out there. You know, we don't want Rayshon. We want you more as, you know, an, a, a dance hall or Afrobeat. We want you to just make people dance constantly. But what if you, and okay, listeners, he came to see me in the studio, I believe, where I work out, right? And I was saying, your style kind of, like, you would pass for a J-Shot because I do see you giving me a real fiery R&B track. Yeah, so, the, let me unpack the first part where you said, you know, they, they try and market and box you in as a certain thing. Yeah. Well, currently I'm not signed, right? Yeah. But I do understand how that can happen. I've, I've heard stories from colleagues and and other people that I've networked with where they hit a major record deal and then they say, you're you're going to do X, Y, and Z type of music. It's just what it is, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not the case for me because I am unsigned and I'm trying to build my own brand and I am building my own brand. I have loyal fans everywhere on Spotify and Apple Music, Instagram. And it's not that I can't experiment. I can. I have the audacity. I'm marketing myself. I'm putting my own dollars behind my own name, right? So I get to choose at that stage. And if it comes to a partnership with a label, and I've been in talks with them, it's going to be a partnership more than a employee-employer relation. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I can kind of steer it to where I want. But I do understand where they're coming from at the same time, where it's like, the labels are take, making a big investment in an artist, right? Especially if they get them early on. So, of course, they want to, you know, try and niche them down and get the exact genre or, or audience for them because it just makes sense from a business perspective, right? Mm -hmm. You can't be everything to everybody from their perspective. So I get I get both, both ends. It's just finding that balance. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm at the area or ability of my life where I can find that and do it on my own. Mm -hmm. Now, would you like, do you like it better being an independent artist or do you really want that team, that team around you saying, you need to do this, you need to do that, or let, let me take over your social media? Which one do you think is better in case there are artists coming up? What's your suggestion to that? My suggestion is you have to, st well, you don't have to do anything, but it would be best if you start out on your own and learn as much as you can on your own first. Why? Because if you learn how to market yourself, you learn how to create your own brand, you learn how to produce a little bit, you learn how to do every aspect of it, get yourself hype, digital market yourself, all these little things, right? Create your own videos, your own songs. Now you're a business. You're thinking like a business. You understand what it takes to leverage that. So once you create something for yourself, of course, it's, I guess, backing up there's a big benefit to that and I do enjoy that aspect of it because I learn so much and I soak up so much information now of course on the other hand the labels and and record deals are, and and partnerships and whatnot they offer a lot of team as you said and I think you're in a better position to use that team and to use those um, record label dollars better if you already understand the business and i don't think going in cold without knowing anything i think that's just setting yourself up for a little bit of failure or an uphill battle because you don't know where money is going how to allocate money and how to best put your best foot forward whereas if you you come from a little bit of an independent background you understand exactly what you need to do and what people need to do on your team and if they're not doing it right 
now you you know do you know what i mean you're not being taken advantage of Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they might call. But I got a blow, brother. How long can I wait? So let me just sign to anyone and just figure it out as I go along. What do you say? And hey, that? there's there's success stories in that, right? There's artists who who sign and from day one they blow up. But at the same time, like there's exception. Those are I'm not gonna say those are exceptions, but you have to set yourself up for success. And the best way to do that is to understand everything. And everything takes time. So even the artists you see that quote unquote blow up have been in the game for years. Even um, Lizzo, if you look at Lizzo, she's been in the game for years, right? Mm-hmm. She, before yeah. she blew up, she just came. Everyone thinks she's an overnight success, but if you actually go and look into her story, you know she was playing the flute. She was in school for that. For for that, she was putting out music. She was working with Prince. Like these, all these little things that she was learning before she ever blew up so you really gotta learn and and set yourself up for success before because it's like you appreciate it more and you understand what everyone on your team needs to be doing for you to Mm -hmm. to take advantage of it so you think it's really important to have that team and i like what you said it's better to learn behind the scenes and work your way up because like you said you can just go into it and you're right some people are successful i don't think today to be honest with you listeners a lot of people are successful when they just go into it blindly because then we're hearing a lot of drama about you know contracts and i've talked about this a few times listeners i don't want to sound overlapping but this is the music industry right contracts will come up people you know didn't agree with their contract and then they say well i don't agree but very rare if you're just going into it blindly i think today ray sean it's gonna be a very rare success do you think so or like you said it can still happen i agree with you well a big part of that you said it yourself there's contracts if you don't understand the terminology and the contracts how do you expect to take control of your career me i'm a cpa i come from i'm a chartered professional accountant right so i understand the terminology i've been to uft i've done my school i have my bachelor of commerce i understand business even aside from music right so i can read those contracts and understand what's being said and if there's at least at a base level right and i i get i understand a lot of what's going on within even from the royalty side the mastering side publishing composition you have to be knowledgeable about this or else people can easily take advantage of you and that's not to say you have to go to school for business or go to university for business or any of that but you have to know how to get the information relayed to you in a way you understand mm-hmm. best way to do that do that is get a lawyer right mm-hmm. get an accountant get somebody to help translate that information to you it might cost a few pennies up front but it'll save you in the long run right mm-hmm. not to say that every contract's out there to take advantage of you but it's better if you understand what you're signing, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and that happened well. Okay, and I know listeners will say, well, look at Megan the Stallion. She got out of her contract. Yes, she did, but she was lucky. She was very, very lucky. As me and Rayshon are talking, a lot of people are not so lucky to get out of that contract. I do believe if Megan wasn't that big, she wouldn't have not been able to get out of that contract. Know what you're signing, and if you don't feel comfortable with something, ask. Even ask Rayshon, as as he said. You can ask don't Ask Ray Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, ask him. Well, you never know. You can ask. Okay, but yeah, but you never know. I'm just saying, listeners. He he's joking. But I'm yeah, just no, saying, I'm playing with just, you. I can guide you in the right direction. But yeah, for sure, get just, a professional. Yeah, there's a lawyer. Ask. There's an accountant. There's yeah. somebody in the in the industry that can guide you, right? 
Yeah, just ask if you're not sure about what you're signing and you want to blow, but okay, and I said this a couple of times, if they're really a good record label, they'll wait on you. And if they see your potential and they see your drive, they'll wait on you. And if they don't want to wait, well, then you know it's not meant to be because I would rather wait, take my time, and have such a flourishing career than have one or two albums or even one single and then next thing you know... The bad blood and the bad ties come and then next thing you know. And so it's not just about you. And people, you got to realize when you sign that contract, it's not just about you because then you'll have fans. And then Rayshon, what's going to happen when we release one single or one album or one EP and then I'm gone? What do you think happens? Exactly. So you said it yourself, like, Know what you're signing, know what you're getting into. Do the hard grunt work up front, right? It's like a relationship. Some people, uh, they don't talk about the prenup and they don't talk about any of that. And then they get divorced and there's a big mess, right? Same thing. Mm -hmm. So you better put in all the work up front and understand who gets what, who does what, who owns what. And then guess what? The relationship down the line, it's easier. Mm -hmm. Now, um, with that said... <laughs> I don't want to say, like, record labels are great. If you can leverage a record label and you work together as a partnership, you can grow exponentially. Because of the team, because of the exposure, because of the connections, it could be a marvelous relationship for both the artists and the label, right? So by all means, strive for it, but it's not the only way, and I think you need to build your brand first. Mm -hmm. And then what was the second part of your question that you were asking? Oh, gosh, did I ask another set? You know what, we got too caught up. <laughs> <laughs> we got too caught up in this. Oh my goodness. You see, listeners, I even forgot what I asked. Rayshad, we're just letting this flow naturally flow just naturally. Flow, just flow. But do you maybe you can give the definition in case listeners, what is the definition of an independent artist again in case people don't understand? Because there's a lot of people that say independent artists, independent artists, but they still don't understand. Can you give a definition of that? My understanding is that an independent artist is any artist who is running their music career on their own. And by own, I mean you have your own manager, you have your own team, but it's not tied to another record label or be it a major label or a mid-sized label or distributor or anything where you're free to pretty much create and distribute your music on your own. Right. So you're not being told or dictated what to do via some kind of contract, etc. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much you're running your own show, you're running your own business. Now, you could also be an independent artist and partner with a record label where you're splitting profits at a predetermined amount, maybe let's say 50 50 or whatever you, you decide. Right. You can still be an independent artist partnered or you can be a labels artist where you're basically signed some sort of deal and you're working for the label as opposed to with the label, right? Mm -hmm. That's not independent. That would be more a signed artist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there Mind you, I might have uh, confused a little things here and there, so do your own research and search it up as well. But independent pretty much means you're running your own show, you're running your own business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, to, just to, what do you call it, wrap that up with Rayshon about that, um, it's good, like you said, if you can learn the business, it's good that way, you know, actually, Rayshon, you know what, do you think it's possible you can own your own masters? What do you think about owning your own masters? And we, you know, we talked about Kanye West 
earlier. Um, but he, you know, um, say people get raped in this industry and their rights are stripped from them. What's your thoughts about owning your own masters as an artist? And it doesn't matter what artist you are. I don't even care if you're a country artist. Do you think you should own your own masters in any genre and any song? That's a case-by-case -case basis because, honestly, well, every independent artist, if you're at home, you're creating your own music or whatever, you own your own masters the moment you create it, given that you produced the record, you wrote the record and whatnot. So a song is split up into two parts. There's the master recording, which is when people say masters, and then there's the composition side of things, which is the actual you know, lyrics and melody, etc., the moment you write a song, you own both of those masters, assuming it's completely original, right? Now, there is a pro to owning your own masters where you can exploit that song for movies, for whatever, and keep all those profits to yourself. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond kind of scenario where you don't... As an independent artist just starting out, your masters don't really mean anything. So sometimes it's better to make a deal where, you know, you, you split the profits of the masters, you split ownership of the masters for that exposure, right? And down the line, it depends. It really depends. Like you can sign a single deal where you, you work with the label, they own the masters for that. But guess what? Now you got exposures and they just own that one single, but everything you make after that, you own your masters there. Long, long story short, it's a case by case basis and you really have to see what will what your end goal is is your end goal creating a lot of fans creating a lot of exposure or keep maintaining long term revenue from royalties it really depends i can't really say mm -hmm. and yeah it's it just really depends i'm not going to say you know own your masters all the time 100% because it's just not the case it's just not the business mm -hmm. and i'm not going to say don't own your masters because it does give you leverage at the same time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah see listeners we learn a different perspective every time we've talked about this a few times listeners but he actually opened up my mind more because it's kind of split because at the same time like look at chris brown drake they don't own all their own masters and i don't think they'll ever own all their own masters because no and guess what if they went independent today like mm -hmm. let's say they can guess what because they didn't own the masters because they got all the exposure and, and industry connections they're able to profit and leverage from that you know what i mean Ooh, that's good yeah that's a good point because and i do see drake going independent you know what and Rayshon, i even thought drake and we're gonna talk about drake because you've had an experience meeting drake brother don't see don't think i didn't see your instagram <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but that was um, back in 2013 i want to say <laughs> but we'll talk about that in a bit what do you got okay so for i thought drake was independent because you know, do you think he'll reach the stage where he will go independent? Um, I really don't know. I don't know his management or his team or anything like that in depth. But if you think about it, he is what the world's global superstar. Yeah. I think he has a lot of leverage, but there's definitely some some I don't know. I really can't speak. But if he did, it would uh, put a lot of people out of business, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Russ said. So you agree with Russ, because I think Russ said a few months ago, if Drake goes independent, the music industry, well, it's not over, but what he means is it's going to be a hard time for a lot of people coming up. Do you kind of agree with what Russ is saying, or are you kind of... I don't, I don't know what he meant by it would be hard for a lot of people coming up. If Drake goes independent, like, 
um, I feel it'd be, I don't even know if it'll be beneficial for him. I really don't know how much he relies on um, the big three record labels to, to help promote his music or how much of it he's doing on his own. I really don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not privy to that information, but right. I wonder, like, it, it, there's a case where he goes independent and he doesn't have the same reach. Or is his fan base strong enough to support everything that he does? Which I think it is. I think support so everything that he does, right? I think so, too. Um, I think if Drake goes independent, that... And I don't, I don't know if I... But does he still maintain all those connections, right? Yes. Like, although, and Drake is knows? smart. He doesn't burn bridges with people. He's formed... Like, Drake is not that person. When he builds a relationship with you, he builds a relationship with you. And when it ends bad, or even if it did, you don't hear about it. So Drake always keeps that professionalism and that's why I think if he does go independent. Now, I might probably might have misquoted what Russ met by you know, it'll be a hard time but I think what Russ kind of means that if this man has so much power you know what I mean? Yeah, saying? he does. You know, he has power and leverage for sure and he brings in a lot of money assuming that there's a lot of splits with his, his records, right? Yeah. So, yeah. for sure. So that's going to be that's what I think he means. It's going to be hard for let's say a Donovan or a Ray Sean or I'm not an artist but I'm just saying like any other new upcoming to go the way he goes man, I don't think we'll ever see that for probably a long long time i don't even know if anybody would be able to surpass that amount with drake by the way and congratulations drake by the way laugh now cry later like that surpassed i mean the b he surpassed aretha franklin and stevie wonder on the charts so yeah (laughs) but you got to meet him in 2013 right how was that experience and do you want to talk that was man like yeah he was doing an hmv do you remember hmv yes back in the days hmv listeners in canada and listeners in the states that was like when you go to the okay Way before you, Riverishan, you and I are almost the same age, right? I'm 34, and I don't you know if you want to throw out your age, but... Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm a 92 baby, I'm uh, 28. Okay, he's, he's a 92 baby, right? So, me and Rayshawn would probably be going to the music store, and you know... Okay, see, even if you didn't have the money, you would play... You remember? You'd tell the music person, oh, can I listen to the CD on... They would give you, like, a little... What do they call those things where you can listen to it? Even if you... Oh. Oh, I can't even remember. So HMV was like the music store, basically. Yeah, so, it's basically a record store. You go yeah. and you buy your CDs and whatnot. You so I caught CD. it on the tail end, right? Yeah. As a 92 baby. Yes. Uh, when I met him back in the day, like, that store was already going under. <laughs> yes, it was <laughs> already I mean? going under. I was 27 years old when it was already... I think HMV closed, what, two years after? 2015 or 16? Oh, closed. definitely, like almost right after i guess that's why they wanted drake to come in you know boost yeah, uh, <laughs> to save whatever so, was left of it <laughs> yeah yeah but so basically yeah going back to that is like yeah they did a whole thing where they brought drake in for his cd what was the one with the head in the clouds oh um oh uh, was it oh gosh um, nothing was, was it no. nothing was the same and back so and far forth. gone no oh. that, that's his first one oh, why, why first am i tripping right yes. now yes yes I can't remember what it's called, but you know, you know the one with his head in the clouds, right? But I thought um, there was nothing was the same back in twenty. That's that's the one. Sorry, it's yeah. nothing was the same. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it's nothing was the same, and uh, I forget one of my friends from uh, from uni. She's just like, "Yo, Drake's gonna be at HMV. Do you want to go?" And she told me this. I want to say at like two a.m. the night before, 
And I'm like, oh, man. She's like, we got to get there at 7 a.m. So <laughs> it's like a whole five-hour stretch. So I, I, I was like, all right, let's just do it. So I go. We get in line. We take the go train, go train or go bus down. We're waiting in line, waiting in line. Guess what happens? They cut the line right where we are. So they're like, sorry, nobody's making nobody's making it here. The rest of you go home. Oh. Right? <laughs> I'm not taking no for an answer. I already put in the time. It's probably 11 a.m. at this point. I've been waiting since 7. Right. You know what I did? It was me and my, uh, my friend Sarah. What we did was we scouted. We looked around and we saw that the wristbands they gave out, they were just like regular wristbands that said Universal Music on it. <laughs> so we went to FedEx and we scavenged, we scavenged hunt the city. We looked everywhere. We ended up finding the exact type of like wristbands. And then we went to to FedEx and printed Universal Music on it, put them on our hands, just waited in line kind of thing. <laughs> oh my God. So, okay. When you got, okay. When you got there and when you got to meet Drake, and I know it was like back seven or almost eight years ago. And again, it was the Nothing Was The Same album, which was one of the best hip hop albums of all time. The one with, you know, his baby, the blue sky. And, you know, read listeners, you remember Nothing Was The Same. You remember that. Rayshon, did you like that album back then? Or no, or did you like So Far Gone as beginning stuff? No, I actually preferred the Thank Me Later. Was was that the album of 2012? I forget the one where... Oh, thank... Um, yeah, Thank Me Later. Yeah, his one of his... The 2011. Oh, gosh. I feel like I'm getting all the names of his albums We wrong, are sure. getting old. And even me and radio, like, I get old. Oh, I my gosh. I mostly know the singles now, listeners. I'm so searching please. it up. Okay, so Nothing Was the Same as the one where... It's called Take Care. So Take this Care, Take Care yes, album I yes. thought was the best one. Yeah. And I did I did really enjoy Nothing Was the Same as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, okay, so back to when you, what do you call it? And then we're going to talk about your music after. So back when you, like, what was the vibe like? Was he nice? Like, because you got a picture with him. What was the vibe like? Or was, did you oh, feel man. like you wasted he, your time? No, he, um, he was actually one of the, I've met a lot of artists, even up to that point and after that point. I'd say he's one of the most genuine people I've met because, you know, he took the time. He didn't close the they wanted to close him and kick him out at a certain time and he ended up staying for everybody past the time that he was supposed to be there just so everybody that was in the building got the chance to speak to him and talk to him or whatever he was signing away his autographs etc i actually knew somebody that he knew a mutual friend so you know when i went up of course i whipped that out and then because of that the guy was surprised like oh my gosh how's she doing like she's like a little sister to me bro how's she been etc right so it was kind of cool that he took the time to connect with everybody and especially me at that time. And yeah, it was, it was a good, good vibe. And I told him I make music too. And you know, he's like, I'll check it out and whatnot. So a good guy. Mm-hmm. have nothing bad to say mm-hmm. and maybe he will check it out one day and listeners just to throw that out yes drake and i are the same age okay i'm getting <laughs> too okay he's a Donovan's 19- a youngin bro i know youngin, i'm bro. a 1986 baby drake's a 1986 baby i'm just throwing that out that what was his line touchdown in 86 no i was a man by the age of six <laughs> well yes I, hey rayshon you can't lie we we taught you guys hey the 1986 babies taught everybody how to be hey? yeah Oh, that line actually touched down at 86 knew i was a man by the age of six so he knew he was a man when i was just born bro that's quick match 92 <laughs> but okay but you know what though Rayshad, i really okay you surprised me because you have a single 
And okay, and I bet you some of you listeners are jealous you don't live in Canada, eh? Because Rayshawn knows what do you call people that know Drake. I know people that know Drake. I mean, Drake and I have never met. But Rayshawn just surprises me because he doesn't tell me he has good singles. And the other day, I listened to his single Dubai listeners. And the Canadian listeners will know who it features. I was shocked when Rayshawn never mentioned to me that Carl Wolf was featured on it. Now, Rayshawn, you got some explaining to do, brother, of how that relationship came to be. And for the American listeners that are listening to this podcast, they may not know Carl Wolf, but he's big in Canada. I bless the raids, da da da, Africa. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So. Man, that's a that's a fun story as well. So, um, I don't know if you know of Strata. They do a bunch of car shows. I've um, heard of it. Yes, I've heard. Up of it. in Vaughan and whatever. Well, of course not now because of COVID. But anyways, he was performing there mm-hmm. at one point, and my people knew some of his people, kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, let's see if we can set up a convo with you guys and whatnot. It didn't come through, but I ended up connecting with his team and getting a hold of his manager uh after the fact and then you know just through talking his manager and uh i and my management as well we basically came to an agreement i said i had the perfect beat and song that i was creating called dubai for him uh you know to hop on and he doesn't hop on everything he only hops on things that make sense for his brand as well and i believe he grew up in dubai actually so it was like a perfect fit the vibe the the whole ambiance of the track so he loved it he did it i fit we, we finished the track got my boys Nim, my boy nims to engineer it shout out nims amazing engineer and yeah it was history from there the track did really well Mm-hmm. you didn't tell well rayshawn you know you and i are friends why didn't you tell me about this i know you threw out the single but you know what it took time for it to get noticed because I only noticed it probably after three months after. And then I'm hearing like, you know, you're showing me all these um, Spotify, how it's added to a lot of playlists. So how do you feel that the song took a while or you're not surprised or you're happy that it took its time growing? Well, it, it did a big spike initially. When Dubai came out, it went to, I assume, all of Carl's listeners on his spotify as well as mine but one big thing that helped was that uh i don't know if you know there's a lot of streaming services but there's one called angami out in the middle east and they have a million plus instagram followers and on top of that they are their own they're basically their own spotify right they're their own streaming service they ended up pushing that track like crazy out in the middle east and to their subscriber base i believe in egypt as well and the song took off in uh, Egypt and UAE, etc. And a lot of people were listening to it either on YouTube or on Angami, etc. And that helped propel it on Spotify as well and on YouTube. And it just created its own cult following because of the vibe. It's shouting out the city, Dubai. It's shouting out the Middle East. It's shouting out the whole, the whole, you know, island meets heat meets different culture vibe right and and i think that's what ended up getting a lot of plays and a lot of streams for the track mixed with the name of carl wolf great guy shout out to carl wolf he makes amazing music right so Mm -hmm. it was just a a perfect marriage of culture and music and and canadian collaboration Mm -hmm. i guess Mm -hmm. now how is it okay 
How, how come is it, Rayshon? You can talk to me. Singles do well more internationally when it's North American artists, but they don't get the same love from Canada and the States. What's your thoughts to that as an artist? Like a lot of Europeans, Middle Easterns, you know, or, you know, or <clears throat> any other culture, they're rocking with it more. But the North Americans now, what's your thoughts to that? It's simple. It's you. Everyone wants what they can't have. So if you look at Dubai itself in the UK and in the UK in general, a lot of people were rocking with me and rocking with my singles and, you know, reaching out to me. I have a good fan base out there as well. Now, in the UK, they love listening to Toronto artists and, and new Toronto artists, new American artists, whereas in Canada, what I'm seeing right now is a lot of people, a lot of my friends are like, hey, you check this UK artist out, you check this new UK artist out and this new etc. I don't know, right? It's basically, you want to listen to what other people aren't listening to and vice versa. So for the UK, Rayshon, the Toronto artist, is new and popping. Mm -hmm. For the Toronto people, a new UK artist is popping, or etc. So it's like, you want what you can't have. And that brings that social proof too. So if you do well outside of your country your country starts rocking with you more you know what i mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how has the love been from the six how has the love been from the six now that it is really you said now it's starting but how has it been before even dubai did you always find you had a strong fan base in canada or now it's starting to grow with the carl wolf feature with every single it becomes there's more growth right so it's just momentum. Um, when you, fr I first started taking it seriously in 2018, right? So, um, yeah, it's a solid, solid chunk of people here in Canada and New York, LA, Atlanta that do love my music, right? And that are supporting me by buying merch, by listening to more tracks, posting tracks, doing everything that they can, right? So there's a solid North American fan base. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, there's a solid UK fan base. There's a solid Egypt fan base. So it's just every single helps provide more value to the listeners and they they provide more support to me and it's like a mutual relationship and it, we just keep growing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you are growing now another connection you have too sir i've been taking a look at your instagram what's your connection with danny fernandez so just like carl wolf we did a track i believe 2019 called want for me i produced it um we went to the studio, we linked up, he ended up doing his part on it, the the verse, and I did like the hook and my my side of it. And yeah, same, similar story. Mm -hmm. Similar story with Danny. He's a good guy we, in the studio, a very lighthearted, fun, very self-aware individual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're getting your connections in with these Canadian artists. And um, listeners to Danny Fernandez, he had fantasy... He had other singles too, but I'm all I'm thinking about Rayshawn right now is fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. That was a big one. But you see yours, so any other ones that you are working with? Do you like features a lot, Rayshawn? Or let's hear the softer side, the vulnerable side, maybe the sexier side for the ladies. Do you have any of those singles coming up? Oh, yeah, that, I'm always looking. I'm already currently, like, I have some singles I'm working on that are going to feature some other artists, right? I love, do, well, first of all, I love singles because you can promote a single and it could go, it's basically when you do singles, you're offering more 
consistent music to your fan base. So singles beats albums any day. Whereas an album from an independent artist or an EP from an independent artist, a, a lot of the tracks will go unnoticed. A single you can push further. Now with a single, you attach another artist to that. Now it's going to grow even further. And you get to expose your fan base to that new artist, and that artist's fan base is exposed to you. So it's very like mutual, beneficial kind of thing, and I love it. I love looking for artists that I'm similar to or maybe not similar at all, and then push that. Like I have a song with Jordan. Do you remember Jordan? Yes, uh, I think. Um, oh, oh, your love is like magic, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh is so that, that one dropped uh, <laughs> beginning of 2020, and yeah. and it meshed perfectly well as well right so i love looking for artists to collab with and i have some you know new collabs coming 2021 surprises for you so mm -hmm. so you know what next okay where is jordan is jordan still making music yeah yeah he's still making music he's still in the scene okay but i just haven't heard my uh, your love is like magic baby uh uh oh, that's all I'm stuck on. <laughs> yeah, man, this is that's the one. That's the one. And listeners, these are Canadian artists. I know some of you might. I know some of you do know Carl Wolf, though. Internationally, you would know, and some Americans maybe, if they're exposed to all music, they probably would know Carl Wolf, Danny Fernandez, and Jordan. Oh, there's more to Jordan songs in my that haven't come in my mind yet. But, the, you know, the listeners get the point, what I'm trying to say. So you more like the features, but I want to see a softer, vulnerable. I want to see you by yourself taking the torch of a single. And I was thinking maybe like, maybe like a vulnerable, sexy, acoustic side. What do you think about that? Hey, I'm open. As I said earlier, I'm open to anything. I'm open to any type of track like that. So, yeah, who knows? Nope. If you listen to uh, some of my earlier tracks, like there's one called Dreams. Mm -hmm. um, that's more vulnerable, kind of real type of hip hop track. Not, It's not rap per se, but it's more like hip hop in the sense that this is my story. This is what made me, you know, take on and tackle the dream. Of, of music and go for it so if you want to hear more vulnerable side listen to dreams and then on top of that if you want to hear more of that like me taking it on on my own and, and going at it hip-hop wise afrobeat wise kind of vibe r&b type looking at you a track looking at you mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. a single just just me so just you just you and the, just what, do you, me. what do you say to the ladies that they want more of just you they don't care about the Carl Wolves, they don't care about none of those guys. They just want to see Rayshon, all of them. Well, you can, you're going to see more of Rayshon, then uh, I got to put out more music for you. <laughs> okay, okay. So I know you said earlier that you said you're more like in the singles. Do you think we'll get, I know you said earlier, Donovan, I just said I can't push the EP because they go unnoticed. But do you think you could give me an EP in 2021 or do you think you could give me Hey man, for Donovan, who knows? Who knows? For Donovan, I might just have to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I think you can. And I mean, don't be discouraged. But what do you say to artists that are discouraged saying, no, I can't push out EPs or an album because if they're not rocking with it. I just don't want you artists being so discouraged. And I know you're not discouraged, but discouraging and you don't know how it's, the audience will rock. With it's it. not a discouragement thing. It's an algorithm thing. So mm -hmm. when you upload an EP onto Spotify or Apple Music, especially Spotify, you could only pitch one single from that ep 
to Spotify's editorial playlist for consideration on playlist. Oh. And even then, like, so it's kind of like, let's say you made a five track EP. Mm-hmm. You could, you have to pick just one of those songs, right? And then right. if that song takes off, it's pretty much like what happens to the other four. I can never pitch those. Now, if uh, you save those four other tracks and release them as singles, you have an equal opportunity to mm-hmm. pitch each single one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just a, it's more of a marketing thing. More of you're still gonna get the same amount of music, but now it's easier for people to notice it because it's gonna get picked up more. As opposed to being buried in a body of work where I can only choose one to be my best foot forward. Mm-hmm. But you can put okay. Can you can you resurface those singles again or no? <laughs> I don't know. I I've seen people take. Uh, I've seen people do the opposite where they release like two, three, four, five singles and then create an EP and drop it as an EP and add maybe one or two extra new songs onto it. Oh, so I've seen the opposite way. Wow. I didn't even know you could do that, though. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that a lot, actually. So, like, for example, if you on my Spotify, you see looking at you, Dubai, cruising, wavy, best for me, run it back. Yeah. I've seen something like, there's a way, I, I believe, for me to take all of those and create an EP and maybe just throw in one new song and call it, like, I don't know, Rayshon 2.0 or something. <laughs> EP drop. Did you have and a just single like that? Singles I already dropped. <laughs> Rayshon 2.0. <laughs> Did you have a single like that when you came to visit me in the studio? Weren't we talking about that or no? No, no. I, what, like a Rayshon 2.0? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Rayshon 2.0, that's okay. But you know what, though? We're in the future, like features, I we need Jay, Sean, and you to work together. I don't know what that guy's doing now. But if you find him, tell him holla at me. We'll make oh. it happen. <laughs> I follow him, and you know, once um, Jay Sean shout out. Jay Sean was looking at my profile once, and he was like for a while. Uh, him or his team, they were looking at my profile and seemed pretty interested for a while. But then they kind of cruised off a little. But he's more blowing um, international. Here, Donovan. Yeah. Here's what you do: you get him on the show, and you ask him the same question about Ray Sean, and you make it happen. Okay, okay. But you know what, though? You can more make that happen because with the people you've been working with, and next, we got to get you to speak in the Drake atmosphere, saying, Drake, holla at your boy. What about that? Yeah, let's let's, let's do it. Let's okay. go drive let's, by let's, the let's, crib let's, and uh, let's do make it, it happen. One, let's do it together. One, two, <laughs> three. Drake, holla at your boy. I was supposed to do it with you, but okay. yeah, I'll let but you, you Okay, one, two, three, now you do it, okay? One, Drake. two, three, go. Drake, holla at your boy. Anybody who wants to collab, holla at your boy. We'll make it happen. <laughs> okay, Rayshon, what do you have to tell us? What do you have to tell the fans and the six? What do you have to tell the Americans, the Europeans? What do you have to tell them? I mean, now, you know, we're still, we're kind of going through a hard time, you know, still with COVID, so... I know slowly things are, you know, with the vaccine almost approaching, but what do you want to tell people that are going through a hard time right now? Take this time, reflect, learn about yourself, learn about the people around you, um, learn about your craft if you're an artist, learn about your work if you're just working, who knows, right? Figure out what you want to do and do it, go for it, mm-hmm. write out a plan. Make make your plan. COVID's not going to last forever. Hopefully, we get a vaccine very soon, you know, and then uh, things will slowly get back to normal. And when things are back to normal, might as well have made some use of this downtime, either just self-reflection or creation. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And yeah, for me, I'll be putting out more music for you. Hopefully, when we 
do a show. I had a show I had to cancel in March 2020. It was literally the day, the day um, COVID became a pandemic. So I'm like, ah, oh, I just had to cancel it. It was practically sold out. But you know what? More shows will come. And yeah, we're going to rock it big and I'll keep dropping music for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to keep dropping music for us. And to add to Rayshon's comment on that, the pandemic began. Guess when, Rayshon? Guess when it began? I want to say March 13th, 2020, because that was my show date. Okay. <laughs> March but it 12th. officially became a pandemic March 15th, 2020. Close, close. And guess yes. when my birthday is? March 16th, March 2020. March 15th, 1986. <laughs> so, no again. birthday party for Donner. I know, no birthday party for me. For a while, listeners, and even, listen, when we get this vaccine, things are still not going to go back to normal. Quick. Not right away. Yeah. Yeah. It's It'll gonna, take some time. Yeah, it's going to take at least a ye another year for things to kind of slow down a bit. But, um, you know, just as Rayshon said, take the time to get to know yourself. And Rayshon, what do you want to tell the people rocking with the music? They love it. They love it. They love it. I know you're saying more will come, but what do you do if they're getting impatient and they want more? Well, first of all, if you love it, you love it. Thank you so much, because I appreciate that you take the, t the time out of your day to vibe with me. You have unlimited options of music. And if you're listening to Rayshon, I appreciate that so much. Right. You listen to me. I have to respect you for that. Um, you're resonating either with the beat, the vibe, the story. I don't care as long as you resonate with it. Thank you so much. And there's more to come. I'm always working away. I'm grinding away. I'm producing more. I'm working with producers. I'm out here just creating vibes and I'm stacking it up for you. So, you know, hold on. Hopefully 2021, I fill you up with a lot more of uh, singles, you know? Mm -hmm. Are you doing viral shows? Are you open to that yet or no? Doing what kind of shows? Viral, like going on Instagram Live and maybe performing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I did a, even the RBC thing. It was in June, July. It was basically, you could check it on my IGTV as well. Sure. It was a show that was filmed um, in a studio. Basically, there's nobody there but me and the camera guy, mm -hmm. right? So it's just us two. And it's pretty much me just doing a show, a full-out show, a couple of my tracks, right? I'd say maybe nine tracks and just going at it lights and all but um yeah i do that sometimes i hop on the live just to talk right so mm -hmm. yeah i'm always open for virtual shows why not everyone can stay safe and then it's a workout for me mm -hmm. <laughs> okay okay do you want to throw out your platforms in case there are people that want to reach you and then they want to get to know you <clears throat> or they want to look up that music yeah so Everything is aggregated. You can go to www.rayshawnmusic.com slash listen or just rayshawnmusic.com and find it. So that's R-A-E-S-H-A-U-N music.com slash listen. And from there, you can get to Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Deezer, YouTube, YouTube Music, whatever, whatever the site you use to listen to music on, it's on my website. But once again, I'm also on everything, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, you name it, I'm there. Um, Instagram is Rayshawn underscore music. So R-A-E-S-H-A-U-N underscore M-U-S-I-C. Rayshawn underscore music. Yeah, you can follow me there and yeah, just rock with me. 
All right, all right, all right. And ladies, be nice, okay? Just because he doesn't respond right away, that doesn't mean he doesn't like you. It's just you know, he needs time, you know? He needs time, you know? He's got to sort through. He's got to <laughs> sort through. So I know there are impatient ladies saying, you didn't see my message, and I messaged you, and I love your music. But, you know, and even fellas, you know, just everybody, just relax. He's only one person. Rayshon will get to you when he gets time. Unless you're like a creepy, creepy person, then he'll put you on the back burner. But if you're a creepy, creepy person, make sure you listen to the music, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Much love, Donovan. All right, all right. So, listeners, if you do want to reach me, Donovan, D-O-N-O-V-A-N, period, L-A-C-R-O-X-I, at gmail.com. Tell me what you love. Tell me what you don't like. But, Sean, I'm sure you all love, and he will be back on the show again. Definitely. Right. I'll keep you posted, my guy. All right, all right, all right. So, listeners, that's going to do it again for another episode. Hey. Another episode. We're at, I believe, episode 113, published December 7, 2020. Re recording artist, Sean. I want to thank you. I got to thank you, Donovan. Shout out. Much love. Always a pleasure.